I think the subject that, that I, uh, I want to deal with you today is the most important subject that I could possibly address, and that is the matter of hearing from God, hearing from God, hearing and listening and putting into practice what God has said. I don't think there's any issue on earth for the Christian that is more vital, more important, more significant, more crucial than to hear the voice of God. How many want to hear from God today? Well, you want to hear from God, and you want to put that, uh, put w what God says to you, you want to put it into practice. So I want to start with a very familiar verse. When I read the verse, you can say it right along with me, because this is one of the golden texts of the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Say that again. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, does, does that mean every word that God speaks in the Bible? Well, of course. But does it also mean every word that God speaks in whatever, whatever way he chooses to speak? The Bible is God's supreme, God, God's clearest and, 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 and purest revelation uh, of, of himself in written form to us. And I'm a, I'm a Bible man, I'm a word man, but God speaks in many ways. How many notice this, that God is a rather talkative God? Uh, in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, in fact, in the very first chapter of the Bible, God said nine times in the first chapter. In the last book of the Old Testament, which is the book of, the last book of the Old Testament, exactly, the book of Malachi, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, 23 times. In fact, in fact, from Genesis to Malachi, God spoke 3,800 3, 3, times um, at my last count. In the New Testament, God spoke to so many people, numerous people. Who did he speak to in the New Testament? Give, give me a few. He spoke to, to Paul. He spoke to, the first was Zacharias, right, the, the father of John the Baptist. He spoke to Elizabeth, and he spoke to Mary. He spoke to Joseph, right? He spoke to all the apostles. In fact, countless people in the New Testament, God spoke to them. God speaks God speaks often. God speaks regularly. Now, now, now listen, there are some who believe that God has been a talkative God, and he's talked to thousands of people in, in, in hundreds of generations, but now in the last 2,000 years, God has given us the silent treatment. How many of you agree with me that that idea is just simply not credible? That God's been talking for, for thousands of years, but now he sealed his lips and he's not talking to anybody. I don't believe that's true. God has always been a communicative God, a, a, a very talkative God. And I'm going to talk to, be, talk to you today about some of the ways that God speaks to us. There's a verse in, um, in, in John chapter 1 verse 9. It speaks of, I'm going to even turn there, but it speaks of, the, of, of a voice uh, a true light that lights everyone who comes into the world. 
that, that the light has come to every person that has ever been born, and there's a lot of discussion about what that light is. I want to talk to you about some of the applications of that particular verse. First of all, he speaks to the, through the natural creation. The worlds that he has made. I love this passage in Psalm 19 where he says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim. Notice the words that talk about communication and speech and language. The heavens proclaim. They proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech and night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech nor language on the earth that they have not been heard. Their voice goes out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. All of creation speaks of the greatness of God. Every time the sun rises in the morning, it speaks of the majesty and power and the faithfulness of God. Every time the sea waves come to shore, it speaks of the faithfulness of our God. You can take the almanac, or now I don't we suppose they have almanacs anymore, but you can Google it and you can find out when the tide is coming in 15 years from now. Have you noticed that? You can check when the sun is going to rise and when the sun is going to set and you can check that out as far as in the future as you want to imagine that God is right on time. He's, he's right on schedule. He never, ever misses a lick. Maybe, maybe some of you have, uh, have heard about the, um, the uh, Webb Telescope. Have you been reading about in the, in, in the paper? The Webb Telescope has been in, in a preparation. They've been building it for more than 20 years, and it was launched uh, just a couple of years ago. And the first images came from the telescope last month. Amazing that, that it's going now. The, 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 again, it was built over 25 years, it was folded like an origami and put in spaceships and launched into orbit and then in, in outer space it was assembled and put together. It's amazing. Google it. It's amazing the process that it took place. And, it is, and now it is a telescope that makes the Hubble look like a pocket magnifying glass. The most powerful telescope that has ever been made and the first images have come to us uh, from the telescope in the last month and 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 it shows it shows a galaxy cluster not just a galaxy but a cluster of galaxies that are more than four billion light years away in fact almost five billion light years away that's a long way at the speed of light it would take 4.8 billion years for that light to come to us. How much of the universe does it, does it uh, display? Well, they, I read in the article that if you would take a grain of sand and put it on the tip of your finger and hold it at arm's length, it would give you the field of that telescope. Now, just to imagine the endless spanses of outer space one little, little, little speck of it, a grain-sized speck of it, contains clusters of galaxies, and each galaxy has stars, and each star 
many of them have solar systems. It's a great big world. It's a great big universe that God has made. I can't wrap my brain around it. I have no ability to even conceive infinity. And yet the Bible says that God made it all. There is nothing that was made that was not made by God himself. And in John 1, he says, All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. I love the way the prophet puts this, that, uh, that all the waters of the earth could be held in the tiny, hollowed-out part of his hand, all the oceans. And he measures all the mountains and hills on the tip of his finger. What an awesome God. What a mighty God. And, and, and the creation speaks. The creation speaks of the majesty and the, the greatness and the magnitude of all, all that God has made. And, and even, even the stars speak to us. Now, the idea of, of God speaking through stars and signs in the heaven, unfortunately, has been hijacked by, by secular um, astrologers. So we're not talking about horoscope here. But if we could only see, and people in, in ages past did see the signs in the heavens, even the wise men who found the birth of the Christ child. How did they do it? They read the signs of the heavens. There's so much to be known about the, 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 the created universe that God has made. That, that, that we have hardly begin, even begun to, to explore the wonderful ways that God has spoken uh, through creation. In fact, in fact, Romans 1.20 says, uh, ever since the beginning of time, um, the world, even, even since the, the time that the worlds were created, uh, we have seen in the skies... Through everything that God has made, his clear uh, qualities and eternal Godhead or his eternal wisdom has been uh, demonstrated so that, so that we, are not, we have no excuse. We have no excuse for doubting. Only the fool could say in his heart, there is no God. God speaks through creation. Let me, let me show you a second the way that God speaks. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, in, in many, many ways in, in the past, has spoken unto us th uh, through the prophets, has spoken to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his son. He has spoken unto us by his son. God speaks to mankind through the ultimate revelation of himself that is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is not just, a, just an image of God. He is just not, he's not just God in a figurative sense. He is, he is not just a, an, an apparition or a, or, or a phantom. No, Jesus is God in the flesh. We as Christian believers have come to embrace that, that Jesus, Jesus is God made manifest in the flesh. God the Son. We believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. 
And the word was with God and, were, and the word was God and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of faith and full of truth. This is why we embrace, uh, as Christian believers, we embrace the deity of Jesus Christ. He's not just a good man, just not, not just a great teacher, not just a religious reformer. But he's God made manifest in the flesh. So that means every time, every time Jesus speaks, it's God speaking, Right? Every instruction he, he gave was an order to be obeyed. Every command that he made was a law to be observed. Everything he said, we are to follow, we are to, to put into, into practice. And everything that Jesus spoke on the earth was God speaking. That's why there was such power in his word. Everything he said came to pass. He spoke to a crippled man and said, walk, and he got up and walked. He, he, he spoke to the blind man and said, begin to see, and he began to see. He spoke to the leper and said, be clean, and he was clean. He spoke to a dead uh, uh, fig tree and told it to die, and it died, and to a dead boy to live, and he lived. Everything he said came to pass. Why? He's God. He's God in the flesh. And when, when, when God speaks through his son into your life, it has to happen. When you embrace the words of Jesus Christ, there's power in that to change absolutely everything in your life. To solve every problem, to meet every need, to break every bondage. Why? Because God speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. When the disciples were on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up, remember the story? And they're scared to death. What's Jesus doing? He's asleep in the bottom of the ship. Not, was, not because he was unconcerned, but he had no fear. He knew how it was going to turn out, right? And Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the ship. And they call out and say, Lord, don't you care that you're, we're about to die? And he said, where's your faith? Oh, you have little faith. And he got up and stood on the bow of the ship and rebuked the winds and waves. And immediately the winds died down and the waves subsided. And there was a great calm. And then the disciples said, what kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? Well, that's the whole point. He's not just a man. He's God in the flesh. And everything he says, everything he says came to comes to pass in your life as well as in their life. Let me, let me move on because I want to get, get to the main part of the message. Uh, number three, he speaks through his written word, the Bible. The Bible is the, the thoughts of God, the desires of God, the passion of God, the plan of God reduced to written form and given to us. And there is nothing else that's on even par with the word of God. Nothing. I'm, I'm still a, a person who believes in the absolute authority of the scripture. The Bible, uh, God speaks through his written word. So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Well, we're going we're gonna to do what it says, right? Uh, we're even going to do what it implies. 
If, if, we, if we start rationalizing and saying, well, does the Bible really say that? And I face this pretty often. Does the Bible really say I can't do this? Well, that, that's an evidence in most cases that we're not really taking seriously what God says in his word. Do what it says. Do what it commands. Do what it even implies. And uh, Mark Twain was quoted as saying one time, it ain't the part of the Bible I don't understand that bothers me. It's the part I do understand. Right? But if you, if, if you have a heart for God, you're going you're gonna to want to follow him and, uh, and, and keep his commandments. And if, it, if he even hints in the Bible that he wants you to behave in a certain way and do a certain thing, you're going you're gonna to follow his commandments. In fact, that's one of the keys to answered prayer. According to 1 John uh, chapter 3, beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us uh, before God... Uh, and we receive from him anything we ask. Why? Because we keep his commandments. And we do things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh, is, that, is that just a, a repetition of two different things? No, I think there's more than that. We keep his commandments and we do things that we know are pleasing in his sight. A good son or a good daughter will do things their parent commands them to do, whether, whether they uh, like it or not, whether they agree with it or not, and even, even things that the parent has not explicitly told them to do or not to do, they're going to do it because it's what pleases their parents. And this, we should be that way with God. God speaks to us. God speaks to us through... Um, through his written word, and then, and then forth, God speaks to us through the conscience. Uh, what is the conscience? Somebody defined it as your sense of oughtness. Um, somebody said that your, the, the conscience is a resident judge and jury that sits in the courtroom of every man's soul, either justifying or condemning everything he does. A thumbs up or a thumbs down, a guilty or a not guilty, every one of us have a conscience, right? And the Bible has a lot to say about the conscience. In fact, it talks about a conscience that is void of offense toward God and man. Wouldn't you like a, a totally clear conscience? Wouldn't you like to go to bed at night and know that nothing you have done all day offended God or anybody else? A conscience void of offense toward God and man. It talks about a, a pure heart and a, a pure conscience in Second Timothy, First uh, Timothy, uh, chapter one. It talks about a conscience that is seared as with a hot iron in First in, in Timothy. What does that mean? It means the conscience has been violated so many times that it has lost its sensitivity. They tell me, I'm not going to try this, please don't try this at home, but they tell me that you can be a firewalker if you want to. You just have to touch your, touch your foot to a hot iron and leave it there as long as you can stand it and then pull it off. And do that again and again and again and again. If you do it enough times, over a length of time, you can walk on coals again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise that and I'm not going to try it myself. But that's the conscience. 
The conscience, if violated over and over and over again, can condition itself to allow anything. The conscience is like the alarm clock, right? The alarm clock glues off in the morning, and the last thing you want to hear is that alarm clock. But, but duty calls, and you, uh, you, you either get up or you, what do you do? You hit the snooze. I, I, I can tell. Some of us did that this morning, right? We hit the snooze. And, and what happens if you hit the snooze over and over and over again? You can do it enough times that the clock goes off, but you don't hear it. So it is with the, with the conscience. And so, so we pray that God will give us a, a sensitive conscience. In fact, I pray often that God not only will give me grace to listen and, and obey the conscience that he's given me, but God make my conscience more sensitive as to the things that, that I want to do. And I'm, I'm saying to you today that, that when you hear that, whatever, it, whatever you call it, that little voice uh, that speaks to you and says, don't do this or don't do that or, or do this or help that friend or you, you know that little conscience. How many have that little voice? And, and you listen to that little voice. What do you do with that little voice? Obey it. Obey it. Faithfully. You ever heard anybody say something like this? Well, I, I, I ought not to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know by, by the little uh, nervous chuckle, we've all said that. I know I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know what we're actually saying in reality? What I'm saying is God is telling me through my conscience I ought not to say this. But I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Even though I know, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that in so many words, but I'm saying that by my actions if I, if I disobey what God says to me through my conscience. Now, the conscience can be conditioned to allow things that we know are wrong, but, 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 but if, I'm saying to you that if our conscience is informed by the word of God, if our conscience has been quickened or made alive by the Holy Spirit in us, and if our conscience has been moved and motivated by a sincere desire to do what pleases God, we need to listen to our conscience and listen as God speaks. But then finally, God speaks to us through what I call the internal witness of the Holy Spirit. You may, you may call it your, your spiritual uh, uh, sensibility or your sanctified hunch or your stream of, stream of consciousness. I don't, know, I don't know what you call it, but, but I'm simply saying that every one of us has heard that voice on the inside of us, making us aware of something that we did not know before, right? And, and something that w we didn't figure out by our, our natural intelligence and we did not perceive, perceive by our, our, our senses. Uh, it, we just know it. I've said this, I was talking to a, a young lady about something that she felt that God had revealed to her. And after talking to her, I became convinced that, that really that was God's voice speaking to her. And I said, I pressed it a little bit and I said, how do you know it? And she said, uh, 
I know it with my knower, right? <laughs> we, we, do you have a knower? Sometimes you just know stuff. You don't, you don't know why you know it, but you know stuff. How many have had that happen to you? Of course you have, many, many, many times. And I, I'm not going to enumerate, but I can think of things, even in recent days, I just knew. I just knew. I, 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 I just knew because of the inner voice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest today that you consider that that inner voice that speaks to you and shows you things that you did not be, know before, that you consider that that may be the voice of God speaking to you. Now, it's, not, it's not always the voice of God because there are other voices that speak to us, right? Have you noticed it's a noisy world? And lots of voices are clamoring for your attention and wanting to be heard by you. So it's a noisy world around you. And there are many voices that speak. First of all is the voice of self. I talk to myself all the time. Do you talk to yourself? Of course you do. Whether you talk aloud or not, you talk to yourself all the time. I talk to myself more than anybody else talks to me. You talk, am I, am I, am I by myself in this place? How many talk to yourself? You admit it. You talk to yourself? You ever answer yourself? You ever argue with yourself? Of course, that, that internal dialogue is going on all the time. But sometimes we can mistake it for the voice of God. Have you noticed, this is true with many people, have you noticed that quite often the voice of self sounds like the voice of God? Now, now again, God talks to us, but not everything that, every thought that comes into our mind is, is a voice from God. It sometimes it's the voice of self. Uh, sometimes, it's, uh, sometimes it's a voice of the devil. Can the devil talk to you? Of course. Can the devil talk to Christian people? I mean, really serious. Here's a classic example of this. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, and, and, and when Jesus has a very powerful conversation with his disciples, and he said to Peter, who do you say that I am? Did Peter have an answer? I know who you are. What did Peter say? Say it with me. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Say that with me. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a powerful confession, isn't it? And in fact, so powerful that Jesus said, upon this rock, the rock of your confession, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. But then Jesus said something interesting to him. He said to him, Peter, you're brilliant, man. How'd you figure that? No, that's not what he said. What did he say? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed this to you. In other words, who revealed it to Peter? God revealed it to Peter. Was God talking to Peter? Absolutely. God spoke to him and revealed to him that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that a great story? It's not over. Three verses later, Jesus says, Now, now, now Peter and the other disciples, something bad is about to happen. I've got to go to Jerusalem. And I'm going to suffer great persecution. 
by, by the doctors and, and, and lawyers and teachers of the law and the, the Pharisees and, uh, and, and even, even the Son of Man is going to be put to death. And Peter says, Lord, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen. And in fact, if I have to, I'll be there and make sure it doesn't happen. I'm filling in some of that. But Peter, Peter's denying, Peter's arguing, he's disputing what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Next words out of Jesus' mouth. What did he say? Did he say that really? Are you kidding? Get behind me, Satan. You're not listening to God. You're listening to the devil. Same chapter. Same conversation. So is it possible for us to hear from God and also hear from the devil? Yeah. It, it is also, it is altogether possible. Well, 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 how do you, how do we figure out which is which? Is there a test? Write down these few things if you're taking notes. First of all, the devil always lies. And what the, isn't it what the Bible says? He is the father, he's the, he's the liar and the father of all lies. So he's, he's, he's always going to lie to you. He comes to still and to kill and to destroy. He comes to accuse and condemn and revile. He comes to discourage and dissuade and defeat. So any voice that comes to you, and we hear those voices sometimes, right? We hear those voices sometimes. And unfortunately, we've even thought it was God. Many years ago, I'll share this was a little bit personal, but I'm going to go ahead and admit this. Years ago, I was hearing this voice. I was praying, I was seeking God, I was doing it, you know, sometimes hours a day, praying, studying, seeking God. And every time I'd go to pray, I'd hear this voice saying, you know what, you don't pray enough. Oh God, oh God, I know, I'll pray more, God, I promise you. I had this conversation with God, and, and you don't study the scripture enough, and I, I know, God, I'm, I'm really going to get into the word even more than I have, and, and, and you don't love people enough, you know what, you don't love your neighbor as you ought to, and man, I'm telling you, I, it was a downer, and every time I hear this voice, it pushed me lower and lower and lower, and this went on for months. Have you ever had that? This discouraging, accusing voice. I don't know why it took me so long, but after months, God showed me that's not the devil. That, that's not him. That's the devil. So I was ready for him the next time. And I heard the same voice coming and saying, you don't pray enough. And I said, I know it. You don't read the Bible and I know it. You don't love your neighbor enough. I know it. You're not patient enough. I know it. I said, now are you finished? And there was a lull. And I said, you dirty devil, it's none of your business. That's between me and my heavenly father, and I will never listen to your voice again. And it was a breakthrough in my life. I've, I've shared this with, with my wife a, a, a number of times. It was a breakthrough. It was a turnaround in my life. And, and she will tell you, I don't suffer very much from guilt. 
I do the best I can. I, I, I study, I pray, I seek the face of God. I do the best I can. And if I miss it, and I do miss it, God will deal with me. But it's not between me and the devil. It's between me and my heavenly father. And that can, be a, that can be a freeing point for somebody in this room today who has suffered the voice. You thought it was the voice of God accusing, condemning, putting you down, rebuking you. It's not God at all. It's the voice of your enemy. Because when God speaks to you, it's to lift you up. And strengthen you. He'll correct you and redirect you, but he's not going to do it in a hateful and, and destructive way. Are you with me? <clears throat> so how do you know? How do you know? Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes it's the world around you. It's a, it's a noisy world we live in. And all kinds of voices want to speak to you and, and want to shape you and mold you into its own image. And it's more so today than ever before. The same crowd, culturally and, and politically, that used to preach tolerance is now preaching or trying to practice forced compliance. Have you noticed that? This crowd is not interested in tolerance at all. It is, it is align yourself with my way of thinking, you get canceled. Right? And that, that is, I can promise you, that is not the voice of God speaking to you. The world around you trying to press you into its mold. There's something in the Bible about that, isn't there? In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed. To this world, or I, I really love the Phillips translation of that verse. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Do you feel it? The world around you, trying a pressurizing force, trying to squeeze you into its own mold and tell you how to think and how to behave, and, and, and particularly in a way that is not consistent with the scripture. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but rather. Rather, let God remold you from within. <clears throat> let God renew your mind from within so that you may prove in practice the plan, the good plan that God has for your life. Don't let the world around you be the voice that you listen to. And then there's the voice of well-meaning people. God speaks, God speaks to you through people. Uh, and it's important to, to listen to godly counsel, right? Important to listen to godly counsel. Um, Psalm 1-1 said, the blessed man, the blessed man was, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So it's, it's a good thing to have good, good input from Christian friends. But, but sometimes the voice of well-meaning friends is not necessarily the voice of God. So, so you, need to, you need to discern that voice. Um, there's not one of us who at some time or, or, or other has not been aware of... Uh, of voices that were speaking into our lives uh, and you thought it was God. But John said, beloved, believe not every spirit, right? C could I take a little liberty there and say, 
Listen not to every voice. Because not every spirit is of God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world and shall deceive many. But you're, you don't have to be deceived if you learn to try the spirits and discern the voices. In fact, uh, the key word there is, is the key word to, to discerning is um, whether it's God talking or yourself talking or somebody else talking is, first of all, does it align itself with the word of God? God will never say anything that is contrary to his word, right? God never forgets what he says and never contradicts himself. So first of all, does it agree with the word of God? Second, does it make me more like Christ? The voice that is speaking to you, is that the voice of Christ? And does it make me more like Christ if I listen to and conform to that voice? Well, how do I know what Christ is like? Read the Bible. The Bible gives us a pretty good description, right? He, what is he? What, who, what is Christ like? He's loving. He's, Tony, help me. He, he's compassionate. He's, he's honest. He's truthful, right? He's, he's patient. He's sure been patient with me, right? So, so does it make me more like Christ? And uh, uh, does, does the spiritual, do the spiritual leaders in my life, can they confirm what God is saying to me? You have spiritual leaders in your life, right? It's a must. It's, it's, an, it's not an option. You absolutely must have spiritual leaders in your life. And God will put people into your life, the pastors and the leaders of, of this spiritual family, are your leaders. And do they confirm what God is saying in your life? I'm not saying that spiritual leaders are, are infallible, but that, that's one of the tests. Do, do, the, do the spiritual leaders around me confirm what God is saying to me? And if, you're, and if you feel that God is saying something to you and nobody else sees it that way, right? And they cannot confirm that. It's very possibly not the voice of God. And, uh, and, and if what God says to you if it's a leading in your life, is it consistent with the gifts that God has given to you? The, the way that God molded you and shaped you and the gifts that God has put into your life, is it consistent with that? If, if God calls you to do something that is totally out of character that you're, with, your, with your spiritual gifts, then um, think again, you know, test that, test that. If God calls you to get up and be a soloist and you can't carry a tune in a bucket, maybe that's not God. Or, you know, that's just one example of God. God tells you to do something and uh, he calls you to, or you think God calls you to do something and you just absolutely do a terrible job of it. My mind goes back to a time when I was a kid and I'm not going to call the man's name. He's in heaven and I don't want him to hear me bad-mouthing him. And I don't, I'm not bad-mouthing him, but he, he said God called him to preach. And the guy got up and preached. It was the worst preaching I'd ever heard in my life. And he mostly, mostly the preaching said, I didn't want to do this. Uh, God, God made me do this. I went 
kicking and screaming. This, I hate to preach, and I'm sitting there as a little kid. I'm thinking, what's wrong with this picture? You hate to preach. I hate to hear you preach. Why are you preaching, right? Chances are you heard the wrong voice. I'm telling you, God can speak, and he does speak, and he wants to speak to you. But he's going to speak to you in a way that you can put it to the test and figure out whether it is truly the voice of God speaking to you. So, so, let me, let me wrap this up and um, just by saying, I really want to listen to God. I really want to hear his voice. I really want to discern when it's God speaking. But how do I do it? One of the first things you have to do, and this is one of the hardest things for most of us to do, we have to learn to be quiet. Again, it's a noisy world. You're busy. I know you are. I'm, I'm busy even doing the work of the Lord. I've never been more busy in my life. But it is an absolute imperative that I have a time and a place to get quiet before God. In fact, I'm inclined to say that you'll never really, you'll never really get good at hearing and, and discerning the, the, the voice of God in your life until you find a place of quietness. There are thousands of radio signals in this room right now. Many of you know that, right? Thousands of radio signals in this room right now. There are radio and TV and, uh, goodness, uh, on the air, aircraft, aviation band and, and shortwave. And, goodness, the list goes on and on and on. Thousands maybe even millions of radio waves in this room right now. How many hear them? Do you hear them? No, I don't hear them. What do you need to hear them? You have to have a receiver. And the receiver has to be tuned the right to, to the right frequencies. Right? You have to do some fine tuning of your, of your sensibilities to, to, to find the frequency that you need to listen to. It's the same way with the voice of God. You be quiet. You listen. You listen. You discern. You, 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 you zealously guard your time with the Lord. It may surprise you to know this, that Jesus oftentimes would leave the multitudes and go out to the desert place. Why would he do that? To have time alone with the Father. If Jesus needed to do that, do you think I probably need to do that too? Quietness, quietness before God. You have to tune your, freak, your, your receiver. Our heart is a receiver, right? A spiritual receiver. God built within you. When, you, when he built you, he did not just build a, a very uh, high-level, sophisticated animal. God built you as a spiritual being who is able to hear the voice of God. And then I have to actively listen. 
I can't be a passive listener. You ever been talking to somebody and, and, and you're saying something and you think it's important and you realize their mind is 100 miles away? Ever had that happen? And you want to say, hey, 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 are you listening? Are you listening? Can I have some eye contact here? Can, can, can I even have some dialogue? You, you're speaking to this they, mom. Can, can we talk about this? That's what God wants. God wants dialogue with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants us to listen to him. He wants us to respond to him and, and, and have some feedback from us. And every one of us here is capable of hearing God and learning to listen to his voice. Now, 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 I'll say this and I'm, I'm, I'm done, I think. Don't be discouraged if you've tried this for a day or two and you haven't honed your sensibilities in to this degree. It takes some time to do it, right? It takes some time to do it. I, uh, there's certain people in this room, if you call me on the phone, I would know who it is. Two syllables, I know who it is. Others, you'd have to tell me who it is. What's the difference? If this lady on the second row would call me on the phone, I know who that is. She's got a, she's got a younger twin named Tammy, and they look alike, and their voice sounds very much alike. But if Tammy would call me and say, honey, hey, honey, this is Cheryl. I would say, no, no, this is not Cheryl. Why do I know that? Because I've heard her voice a lot, right? And it's always good. It's always good. Jesus said, my sheep, help me, know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And a stranger, they, they will not follow. I want to be one of his sheep, don't you? Really, I want to be one of his sheep. I want to be a, a close following sheep. I don't want to be a wayward sheep. I, want to be, I don't want to be a, a, a sheep that meanders and wanders over the place. I want to be a sheep that follows close after him. And when I follow close after him, I will know his voice. Did I, do I get it wrong sometimes? Sure. I get it wrong sometimes, but I'll tell you this, not nearly as often as I got it wrong 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years ago. Why? Practice of listening to, to the voice of God. Let's stand together, and i just like for us to pray together. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. For this time in your presence, God, thank you for the worship today that's that is preparing our hearts for, for the word of God. Thank you. And thank you for the privilege to open the scripture and proclaim the word of the Lord. And thank you for those who, who listen today. And I, I really get the sense that I'm speaking to listening ears. There, there has to be sight in order to see light. And Lord, I, I, I just have a sense that I'm in the room with people who have sight and who listen and who love you and love your word. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that you will, uh, you will help us to fine-tune our hearts to hear from you today. Folks, he wants a deep, he wants a deep, intimate relationship. He wants, he wants a, a closer relationship 
to you than you can possibly imagine, closer than the very breath that you breathe. The Lord is passionate about his relationship with us. The Bible says in, in, in Exodus 34, he's passionate about his relationship with us. He wants to spend time with you. In fact, he wants to, wants to spend all day with you and talking to you and listening to you and having a back and forth all day long. Think about that. So I just want to be, pr pray today, and if you can identify with, the, with, with this prayer, I want you to just come forward and, and let's pray this prayer together. God, forgive me for the times that I have been too busy to stop and listen to your voice. Forgive me, God, for allowing the distractions and the noisiness of the world around me to, to drown out your voice. God, forgive me for not listening to, for, for listening to others sometimes instead of listening to you. If you can identify with any part of this prayer, just come up here and, and, and pray with me today and just, just wait on the Lord to, to make this word real to you and burn this into your heart and maybe even speak something brand new, maybe, maybe something you've never heard before. Just come on and, and let's pray together. God, help me to listen when you call. Help me, God, when you give instructions and guidance to me, help me to be quick to obey it, Lord. Lord, Lord, help me to sense the beck and call of God when, when you say just come away and get quiet and shut out everything else. Leave your cell phone behind and leave everything else behind and just, just, just get with me and let's talk to, together. God, help me wait. Help me wait and be still in your presence and listen to your voice. God, I get, I get anxious sometimes and uh, I get over-enthusiastic sometimes and I, 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 I think I, I need to stay busy, busy, busy all the time. God, help me to quiet my, not only my emotions and my spirit, but help me to quiet my body and just be quiet and still in your presence, God. Lord, and help me to sometimes just sit in silence as you work in my life and give me grace to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and help me, Lord. Sometimes, Lord, help me remember. I've, I've been forgetful in this area, but, but God, help me to remember sometimes to, to write down, to make notes on the things that you've said to me because my, my memory is not as good as it used to be. So help me, Lord, to make notes and take seriously the things that you say to me, and then follow up with what you say to me, God. God, I want to be a man, and we want to be a people who have an ear for the voice of God. We want to listen attentively to your voice and to your call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.